All right, you guys ready to get going? All right. All right, so we're going to get started with a little bit of prayer. Um, we're just really thankful for this opportunity, and so we want to just just express that gratitude just through prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for allowing us to be here another day. We thank you for for your just your provision, all that you've done, Lord. Mm. We thank you for giving us enough, for giving us our daily bread, for giving us all the things that we don't even know you provided, Lord. Lord, we thank you for just bringing us to this place here at the Groves, this, this community that expands far and wide, Lord, so to the point that someone in Tulsa, Oklahoma said, you should go to this church, and we're here now today, and we've been fulfilled and blessed, and I just want to say just thank you, just thank you, Father, for that. You know, that alone has just been great, but Lord, I thank you for just being a God that loves us enough to just to, to gather us together in this way where there's other people who think like us and have the same questions yes. and just we're curious and we're growing together, Lord. I just thank you for your creation, your children that, I, that are here in this room. Lord, I just pray a hedge of protection over each and every single person's life. But further, Lord, I just say thank you for who you are, Lord. And Lord, I say I, I just I want to take this time to just repent for the times that our faith has had borders, God. As we listened to that song, it just resonated with me that there's been so many times that we, we just didn't let you be God. But Lord, I just pray today that, that we allow you to be God, that our tongue be used by you, that mm -hmm. Holy Spirit, you speak. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you for all that you're doing. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so today's sermon is called Enough. I really want to say enough is enough. That makes it sound a little tougher. <laughs> enough is enough. So um, it's, it's so many different levels to this, but we're going to be coming from Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 17. And we'll, we're going to navigate through this because there's a couple of real significant parts in this chapter. This is a very exciting uh, chapter. And, um, you know, if you ever have free time, we, we will probably explore this whole chapter at Park Rose United Methodist. I'm, I'm shamelessly saying, if you want to skip church here, come to church with us. <laughs> no. We're not stealing anyone. Well, unless you want to come. <laughs> so, but, um, and it's, it's not stealing. You know, we share well. So. We share well. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we should do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what we have here is like this idea, this concept of enough. Um, there's so many different areas and times in our life where you can say, you know, I don't feel like I'm enough. Each one of us has those scenarios. You mm -hmm. can think of yours. Uh, what's yours? So I think for me, it's just the season that we're entering into with the Park Rose <laughs> deal is that when it was brought to me that they would like for me to lead, I'm thinking I'm just going to be on the sidelines to be of support for Andrew and for the church and, you know, just be this relational piece that comes in and, you know, shows love and things like that. Now, that's a part of it, but to get up and speak in front of people every Sunday, I'm like, 
Lord, I'm, am I enough? I don't have seminary. I don't know a lot of theology. I don't have all these pieces, which is why the song Oceans is so important because my feet would never have wandered in this way. Right. My, my faith, you know what I mean? The trust in God would never lead me to this, this place, but here we are, and he says I am enough. He says I don't call the qualified, I qualify the call. And so he's qualifying me in this season, and he's equipping me with boldness and um, just this authority and power to be able to operate and do things that I would never have imagined for myself. So, You know, for me, and, and this is something where I, I might just be speaking, I'm speaking to everyone, but some of the men maybe can relate to this or need to relate to this. Um, for me, enough to be less, to not take up space mm -hmm. and overspeak and to allow her to lead. And I'm looking at Jesus and I'm like, okay, Lord, you got to give it to me because his examples are brilliant. Like Jesus is always with the marginalized. He's always with the individuals. He's allowing them to speak truth into these situations. So for me, it's like, it's a season and a time where it's like, it's not about it coming from, from my mouth all the time. It's, I have to be able to sit back and relax and say, okay, we're living in a world where we need to hear from individuals who have, uh, who've experienced the most hate and their faith is just thick. It's just strong because they've been in these positions where they've been rejected from their families. So this is a time and a season where I need to sit back and listen and say, what is, uh, not making my friends in the LGBTQI plus community an issue, but listening to them, letting them speak into me, listening to my female counterparts and just, and, and just not taking up space. So this is a big task when I'm being real. A lot of people can say, oh, well, that's what you're supposed to do. But if I'm being 100% real, I, we live in a world that is set up and designed for me to be able to mansplain and do air and and move you know I, I can be able if I sat down and I took up two spaces oh he's a big man you know and it's okay so now it's time for me to just be a little less and just let but you know let God do the work so um that's a big am I enough to be less you know I don't know if that makes sense but that's my big am I enough to be less in this season so we're going to talk about the Jesus, Jesus feeding the, the multitude. multitude. And uh, we, we ran across this interesting point. We're not going to like preach on this, but we just wanted to kind of mention like this idea of like when we were reading this, like the different versions of this story mm -hmm. and just the word 5,000 versus the multitude. Right. And we got caught up on this point and reading different commentaries about it. And this is something I really would encourage you guys to explore uh, and go deeper with your questions on how this happened. Because we had a not a disagreement, but we had a moment where I thought to myself, do I, you know, I had to confess, I didn't originally believe this story when I read it. And me, being the person that I am, I'm like, I, I, I believe it 100%. I mean, I don't question it. Um, not that I don't think on a deeper level to say, well, how did it happen? But the story in itself, I'm saying, I believe it. And Andrew's like, when I first read it, I didn't believe it. I'm like, well, how, you know? <laughs> and so that's the difference between he and I, is that I'm a little bit more, 
I believe people until they prove me wrong. So that's that's kind of how that works for me. Yeah. So it was it was kind of a that was one of those points um, that I kind of had to think about. So uh, let's we're going to get into just go ahead and reading it. Luke chapter nine verses one through six. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So, um, the first point we wanted to cover was Jesus gave the 12, he gave them power and authority. And <laughs> he gave them that power and authority to use it not for themselves, but to use it to help others. It, it wasn't about them, it was about you're going out to heal the sick, to drive out the demons, to cure diseases, and to proclaim the kingdom of God. Yeah. And so it wasn't about them. And I think the, yeah, the key factor for each one of us to understand is that what he did for the 12 there, it's not, it's, it's, it's fine. You can leave it alone. You just leave it alone. I just, right, it's cool. I just, it's a distraction at this point. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not like live or anything. That's why I say you can just leave no, it. I was <laughs> perfectionist right there. <laughs> Watch, he never actually hit the record button. <laughs> 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 All right, so when I think about this, I'm encouraged because Jesus took the, these 12 marginalized individuals, these 12 broken people, and he gave them power and authority. That power and authority that he gave them is the same exact thing that he gives each one of us. Right. We're not separate as disciples. Like, we're ones that get that same power and authority. But the brilliant thing, like my wife said, was the factor that he gave it to them for others. Mm -hmm. And just in those details of, of, he, you know, like, of knowing that they could go out, heal the sick, and they could proclaim the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And the key thing about proclaiming the kingdom of God is that you have to go out in order to proclaim. Yeah. So it's this concept that it's sad for us to kind of leave the groves to some extent, but on the same token, God consistently gives these calls to go. Yeah. And when it's your time to go, you have to go, and the purpose of you going is to proclaim. Mm -hmm. And the, they went out, proclaimed the kingdom of God, and did some really, um, did some really big things. So like in verse, let's go move on to verse 3 through 6. Okay. So he told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and they went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. So take nothing. And that's a big thing. Like for me, I, we wrote down in the notes, take enough. When God gives you an assignment, sometimes you'll want to just load that. Matter of fact, let's just make it practical. How many of us have gone out of town on a business trip and we'll try to take an extra set of clothes, something to sleep in, all these extra things, and you can't <laughs> fit, the, fit it in there? And with God, he's like, no, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Nothing, just, just take go. enough. Just take, just take yeah. enough. And he's, you're going with him. You're going on assignment to proclaim the word. So You're, he's going to provide. Yeah. Right? His providence is, is always enough. So it's like, but that's that, it comes back to that point of like our faith having borders. And sometimes our borders are found in the materialistic mm. things that we cling to. 
our borders, it's like I can't go to the restroom without my phone because what am I going to do in there for 20 minutes, 10 minutes? <laughs> oh my my, my, that's a border of our faith sometimes. <laughs> like, and, you know, but we have to look at these little things. It's the subtle things that we're like, okay, what are we attaching ourselves to? Right. What are the things that we, we couldn't picture ourselves going on a journey with? You know, to like, are we, are we willing to go on a journey without the security blanket of money or the security blanket of having shelter and all these different things? And the beautiful thing is God had a plan here. Mm-hmm. And so um, I love that in verse four, he says, whatever, whatever house <laughs> you enter. So there's no like Airbnb. There's no pre, reservations. Like, no reservations. Yeah, just whatever house you enter. Now, can you picture... And I'm being condescending here. Could you picture getting on a plane and moving like 2,000 miles away and having no place place to to live? live. Like, it's it's a weird concept. And that is what we did. Yeah. Just in case you don't know our story, that is what, yeah, that's like a big part of our life. So, and it's, you know, it's funny because he does things so different. Like, sometimes you... You do, there's a miracle that happened before. There's some great things that happened before, but gotta do it totally different the next time. So each time you gotta have that faith to just say, okay, renew me. Let's, let's see what, what the next challenge, what the next thing is. But that was just a, um, that was just like a really good point to be able to say um, that, you know, whatever, whatever, house. whatever house. And so kind of expanding on that same verse, it says, whatever house you enter, Stay Stay there there. until you leave that town. And that's an important point because of the factor that... You don't want to leave too early. Yeah. We could have walked into the groves and said, well, you know, it's not enough color. It's not enough this. It's not enough that. Or we could have had a conflict. Or the first time maybe we would have worshipped a little bit different. This idea of like, I want to run. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to get out of here because it's awkward. No one does things the way I do it. I'm an introvert. I'm an extrovert. And we, you know, all of our titles come into play, and it makes us run. When we bring our baggage to the, to the mix, it's like, okay, I may leave early mm-hmm. because it's, it's a little bit more comfortable over at this house. And God is very clear about this. Stay put. Don't leave early. Mm-hmm. So the question we have is, whose house are you leaving early? Think about that thing in your life that you're running from or you're saying, I can't do it anymore, and you're just you're picking up and moving on before God even gives you the instruction of what to do next. Yeah, there's jobs, situations, relationships. There's a lot of things that we, we exit out of and just because of comfort level. As soon as it gets a little, little sticky, it's time to go. Mm-hmm. So verse 5, if people do not welcome you, Understand that that's, that's a given. <laughs> when you're called by his name, it's a given. They rejected him. Right. Now, how many students do you know are greater than the teacher? When you go out there and you're called by his name, there's going to be some people who are going to reject the notion of what you're saying. If they reject that truth, keep it moving. That's literally what God is saying. But how you keep it moving Right. It's one of the most beautiful points because he's saying shake <clears throat> he's saying shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. But not with your mouth, 
with your feet, right? So it's, it's not going and gossiping and telling the next house that you enter, well, I was just over here at such and such's house and they just rejected us and didn't you know, allow us to be there and they didn't want to hear anything. And so you're running your mouth, right, at this point. And so that defeats the purpose of what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Shaking that dust off your feet as a testimony against them is just one of those things where in modern terms, you could say it's like I'm washing my hands clean of this. But here's the thing that I like about God. He puts you in these places in these positions where the dirt from a house that rejects you isn't even good enough to be on your feet. <laughs> it's important that when you leave that you actually follow that instruction. You may go into a relationship or a situation and some things, some traumas can stick with you. There's some things that you'll say, okay, I'm attaching this, but you're gonna have to shake them off and move on. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't shake them off, then bad things can happen. With you. Quickest way to get athlete's foot, right? <laughs> to have a bunch of dust from, you know, bad dust from somewhere else on your feet. <laughs> no tough acting to acting, nothing's gonna get beyond that. <laughs> so it's important for you to be able to do that because it, it goes deeper. You know, mm -hmm. like the question uh, Regina and I wrote down was, whose dust is in your socks? So Whose dust? Whose dust? You know? So here's an example that might, might not get a lot of amens, right? It says you're called with power and authority. We're coming back to what the scripture just pointed out. You're called with power and authority to proclaim the kingdom of God, but you're still proclaiming and talking about how mama did you wrong growing up, how daddy wasn't there, how that last job overworked you and used you the wrong way. Mm -hmm. You're still talking about the promotion you got passed over for, the girl who left you, the boy who left you, the relationship that didn't fit right. It's time to shake the dust off. You can't put those socks on. You can't put your socks on, move on, and you got these lumps that eventually, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna make it very hard to keep it moving. Mm -hmm. That dust is not worthy of someone who has a, a call on their life. You've got power and authority. Don't take this into the dominion of God. Like, don't take this power, authority, and dominion into your future and walk around. For us, we put, sometimes the dust is hometown dust. <clears throat> I'm going to put in parentheses the red clay because in Oklahoma it's like red clay dirt. <laughs> and so, some, you know, I have a tendency to still hold on to home. And God is like, you got to let that go. It's time to move forward. Shake that dust off. Shake that red clay off your feet and keep it moving because I have something else for you here. It's time to keep going. It's time to let that part of your, your, your life move and be back there. And so... So we're going to move forward in the scripture. We're not going to read verses 7 through 9, but 7 through 9 was about what, though? It's about Herod. It's about King Herod getting word of the good stuff that the, the disciples went out and did. When they obeyed, it made it all the way up the ranks. Mm -hmm. And now King Herod was aware. Here's a real quick side note, since we're not going to read those particular scriptures. If you're the type of individual that's complaining about the current political climate, are you out operating in your power and authority so to the point that his word is getting back? 
See, I've had people say in both the current administration and one before I've been around people who complained about who was in office. And the question is, it's always up to you whether they're going to get another four or whether things are going to change, whether something's going to happen with children on the border, whether things are going to happen here. There are all the things that you complain about that you want attention brought to. Are you going to operate in your power and authority to actually get word to them? Because Carrot, he wanted to know what was going on. Are we understanding that the power and authority that we have as men and women of God, if we're operating in that in this land, no matter what's going on, mm -hmm. we can grab some attention. But we've got to be bold enough to stand up and operate within that. So verses 10 through 15, enough power and authority. Now, this is when we get into the meat of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Or the multitude. Or the multitude. <laughs> he does use that. So. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and found, find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here. So one of the first points we really recognized was that they were operating in power and authority and they come back to Jesus to report to him what they had been doing. Mm -hmm. They were happy. Like Jesus gave them an assignment they did not come back, you know, well, we don't know the intimate details, but they came back and they reported it in Jesus. To some extent, you would say gave them a vacation. Day. He did. He said, hey, it's time to rest. And have you ever been operating in, in your call and doing exactly what God has called you to do, and by the end of it all, you're exhausted? You need some rest. You need, like, okay, I need to breathe. But what happened? The crowd saw they followed. They followed. They, they followed. found out. And that's the sign of when you are doing what you're supposed to do, it, you're going to have individuals that are going to find out. And that moment where you thought you could rest, follow Christ. You know, I, I had a standard of having a Sabbath day that didn't always work. Like, I always thought, okay, Monday's it. I don't care if the church is burning down. Don't call me on Monday. <laughs> But then one time I remember the shelter was burning. <laughs> and they called me and I was like, this is the opposite of what I've always said. And I still had to respond because there was a responsibility of love there. Mm -hmm. And I ended up getting rest like two or three days later. Like I ended up resting that whole Thursday or Friday or something. I also want to point out that it said Jesus welcomed them. So he still, right. even in his, you know, trying to have the disciples retreat, he still was generous and offered hospitality to them. So he yeah. welcomed them. He didn't make them feel like you're, we're a burden, right? Yeah. And so we always want to operate in generosity and hospitality when there's a need and you're able to feel it. Yeah. Like that's, once again, that's operate. Let Jesus take the borders off of your faith. Like this idea and this concept. Because Jesus That was you a, may not have enough strength, right? Yeah. Because he'll give you what you need to continue going. If he's, if mm -hmm. he's sending these people to you, then even in your exhaustion, he's going to provide enough. He's yeah. going to give you a little bit more to, to finish out the, the task. The, the beautiful thing and what we, you know, about that is the, this idea that Jesus was strong when they were 
potentially weak there. You or know, like, that they didn't have enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like he came in and said, he, I'm going to welcome them in. I'm going to do this. Jesus took over. He did it. He preached. And he here's healed. the thing. The disciples were already out healing and doing their job. So these are new people coming. Right. Who had got word. And that's a good thing to always look at the look at the exposure of your as a disciple, as a person who's called by, who's following the way of Jesus Christ. What's your what's your coverage area? You know, like a cell phone mm, map. Mm. Like, are you the type of person where you've been going out and people have felt your love here and then it expands? So if we were to look at your impact on your community, how big is your parish? How big is your area? Mm -hmm. This is something that each one of us needs to start surveying. If you live on 112, do people know about Jesus on 116th because you were nice to your neighbor and your neighbor was nice to someone else? They don't have to know it came from you. But start thinking about how far do you want to start taking the borders off and start sharing love in the capacity that is going to spread like wildfire. Start thinking about your love in that way. And when you do that, you don't relax on your love. You don't mm. relax on operating in your power and mm. authority when you know that, okay, there's no borders to this. This smile today, this extra handshake today, this spare change today, this whatever it is, there's no borders on this. Because I have faith and I believe that God is a God that, that's going to just continue to just, but I'm going to do my part. The disciples did their part. So last verse that we had read, the disciples basically said, hey, everyone's here. Let's send them out. And they were being courteous. You know, like, hey, it's getting late. Go send them to get some food and a hotel. They need to get lodging. And because this place is remote. You know, there's nothing around here. Yeah. yeah. And Jesus replied, you give them something, something to, to eat. eat. Yes, he did. This is the enough part that's really important for each one of us because there are going to be situations in your life where you are going to swear that it's the pastor's job, you're going to swear that it's the person at the homeless shelter's job or something else, and Jesus <laughs> is going to say, you no, give you them don't. something to eat. Right. It may literally be something to eat in some cases, you know, and it's you do it. Sometimes it's going to be that story you see online, you're going to see someone asking for money or GoFundMe. Sometimes it's going to be you that's going to have to say, here you go. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what the reason may be, but often be open up, you know, have your heart and your mind open up to be able to hear what God is saying. Right. Um, they answered in verse 13 with, we only have five loaves and five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people in this crowd. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. They put, here's this border that they're putting around it. I only have yeah. so much bread and so much fish. There's 5,000 plus out here, and I only have this. It's that part we have to always remember. Like what we used to call it like the little alligator hand. I don't know what it's called, the proper math term is. Yeah, the greater than symbol. Greater than symbol. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I made it more complicated. <laughs> so, well, we did use the alligator. You yeah. know what I mean? It's so it's like God's enough, alligator hand. <laughs> you're enough. God's right. enough is always going to be greater than you're enough. Right. You're always going to be able to provide uh, with him. He's always the greater source. Your resource is limited, but God has unlimited 
you know, he's unlimited as the source. Right. So always kind of keep that in mind when you when you have these assignments to move forward and to do great things that you have enough. So the disciples respond in 14 again. Uh, or no, he responds to the disciples in verse 14. But he said to the disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. Taking the loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces that were left over. So the first point there was to continue operating in obedience in spite of, in spite of what it looks like, in spite of what you see, don't see, have, don't have. Continue operating in obedience. Continue and stay right there in his presence because he's going to provide. You just have mm -hmm. to trust. You, you have to have trust. You have to have that mustard seed faith that God is going to give you everything you need in a nick of time, right? Mm-hmm. I love it. The disciples did so. Yeah. Jesus gave said he gave an order, and it's real simple. The disciples did so. That's one of the biggest traits of a disciple. They did so. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things you could say, well, what does a disciple do? They do so. <laughs> what did Jesus say do? They did it. It's really that simple. <laughs> like, obedience can, it can really be that simple. He gave thanks and he broke, uh, he gave thanks. That's a, a big point, too, uh, there, that Jesus, he was gave. the example. Yeah, he gave He showed thanks. us what to do. Yeah, and he broke and he broke it for them. Like he broke the bread, and he gave it to them to distribute to the people. Are you ready to distribute? What started off as just a small amount, they had to have enough faith to see that mm. this is enough now. Like Jesus blessed it, broke it. It's being distributed, and they're like, oh, this is enough. This is when we talked about earlier, like, this idea of, like, how I originally saw the story. My skepticism was like, now, how can this small amount of fish and bread be enough? But my faith expands when I put the borders down, and if Jesus hands me broken bread, and broken fish, and he says, here it is. If he hands me the broken, hear this, and I'm saying this from a pastoral standpoint, understanding that when Jesus hands me the broken, it's enough. Mm -hmm. Don't be ashamed of being broken. Don't be ashamed to go into your situation still a little hurt, still a little limping, because you're enough. Right. Because when he blesses you, and he calls you and he says, this is going to be enough. See, me, all I have to do is just say, all right, I, yeah, I believe you, God. I'm going to take this. I'm going to run with it. Each one of us has a situation in our life right now that we can think about. Well, Jesus then handed us something. They had a choice. They could have sat down and said, all right, well, I'm eat." They could have took that little bit and, and kept it, but they obeyed. And you think about that. I'm tired. I'm I've been out on this road trip. I'm tired. I'm hungry. Jesus has then decided to minister to these people. <laughs> it's getting late. 
it's a bunch of them, and now I've got to organize this event. Jesus just turned me into an event planner. I got to get them together, <laughs> 50 by 50, and now I got to feed them. I got to, is this table gluten-free? I don't know. Like, you know, like you got to go through all of these measures, but it's simple when you're waiting on God. Are you anticipating God in this season of your life? I want to point out that you don't want to forget the, the point that Jesus gives the example to give thanks. So even in all of the, the um, panic that they may have experienced, he still gave the example to give thanks. So in all things, the Bible tells us in all things mm -hmm. give thanks, in all things give thanks, in all things give thanks. He doesn't put stipulation on that. So even if we're going through a storm or a, a messy season or whatever, just these ups and downs, this roller coaster of life, give thanks give thanks continually that's good yeah so we've 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 hit on this just this idea that with our it's not we're not just sitting here saying more faith it, it takes you to understand that god is the source and these and how he works out these resources is a lot of obedience more obedience isn't going to solve every problem, but put it in your, put it in your, your, your vocabulary, put it in your heart, your mind. Store that word in your heart that they simply obeyed. A great thing happened here that has grown individual's faith. But what would have happened if one of the disciples decided to say, no, nah, I'm good. You know, like this fish isn't enough. I'm going to just start sending people away. Right. They just decided to do their thing. They didn't. They obeyed. And great things happened as a result. The people who came seeking out Jesus were the marginalized. They were the ones that were hurt. They needed to hear a word from God, so God gave them a word. He preached to them. They had illnesses. He healed them. Mm -hmm. this, these are the people. They needed something. They were hungry. They didn't even proclaim that they were hungry. They may have just been full off of the word, but God was like, "I'm a you feed them too. When people come into your atmosphere as the Groves Church, they're hungry. When we get the new person sitting down, they're hungry, Groves. Well, they walk out fed. And full and satisfied. They're full and satisfied you know? with something left over to go out and pass out to other people in the community. What are we doing to make sure that we're, we're, it starts with these steps of obedience? We know one thing for sure. There's always going to be, with the Groves, there's always going to be something back there, <laughs> you know, to snack on. But those relationships that fill us up are the most important things that we have. And that's the thing that I want us to continue to do as a church because we are enough. We are enough to change this world. Yeah. Us going over to Park Rose is just the Groves going over to Park Rose. Right. Understand right. that. That's not like one of those things where it's like, well, I'll never see them again. That's, where we're severed, right? Yeah. Yeah. You have to understand that there's always, there's going to be a go moment for you. And when you have your go moment, 
And we hear about your goal moment, we're gonna be there for you at your goal moment. Look for your reasons to go. There's probably 5,000, it could be 5,000 immigrants at the border that might need something. Maybe that's your goal. Maybe it's 5,000 down there you need to feed. It could be 5,000 people who've been falsely imprisoned and you're trying to do that. Maybe it's 5,000 people who lost their lives to the police. We've said this a million times before around here. The privilege of distance is, 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 is gone. We no longer have that here. But the privilege of distance to me is in all situations. Things don't become important to us until we can relate to it or it's right there at our doorstep. So the privilege of distance is in all areas of our lives, right? Correct. I didn't think much about, and I hate to say this, but I didn't think much about the immigrant children until I'm thinking about my own children. You know, you, you start thinking about these things and then they become important to you and then that privilege of distance is gone. So. Yeah, that's, it will, uh, we're close, we're, if you guys wanna come up and do the music thing. Yeah, but, we're, we're done. Um, that, that's our heart that we wanna share with you is that you're enough. We understand and we have some fears of moving forward, but we know that with God, we're enough. We know with you, we're enough. Like that's the really cool thing. Yeah. When we're weak, God is so strong and he's gonna use each and one, every one of you to encourage us at the right time, the right place. And I'm looking forward to this journey. One thing I wanna end on is when God blesses you and he richly blessed the disciples to have more than enough, remember they had 12 baskets left over. One for each. Go and be a blessing to others. I mean, don't hoard that for yourselves, but when you're blessed, be a blessing. Mm -hmm. I've seen that here in the Groves, and so many of you, so many of you have blessed us in ways that we, didn't even, we couldn't even imagine. Mm -hmm. So when you are blessed, be a blessing to others. Yeah. You want to close in prayer? Yeah. Father God, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for the word that has gone forth. Thank you for using us, Lord. Thank you for being um, just enough for us in our, in, our sh in our weaknesses. Thank you for allowing us to be um, here in this time. Thank you for the Groves Church, Lord. Thank you for their generosity and hospitality. Thank you that they have fed the multitudes with just different aspects of the things that you've given them, that you've richly blessed them with, with music, with food, with relationships, and all of those things. Lord, I just ask that you continue to place a hedge of protection around this church, around these people. And as we go to expand what has been deposited into us today, Lord, that we continue to do your work and do your will, that you give us enough to continue to operate. Lord, we thank you. We give you all the praise. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.